Welcome to How the West is Number One. My name is Jules Brooke, and this podcast has been proudly sponsored by the Maravanong City Council and is all about the extraordinary business owners we have in this area. Tony Cavallaro, I am so excited to be sharing your story on the new How's the, How the West is One podcast. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's start off with what you're doing. Tell everybody your business. Well, we're a we're a pastry bit, uh, shop. Yeah, um, bit famous. We, well, we're, we're famous for our cannoli. That uh, I would say eighty percent of the people that walk in here walk in for our cannoli, and they've probably heard about it from somewhere else. Well, they, I'm sure they hear about it from several places. But uh, yeah, so look, we started. Uh, we came in. Uh, well, well, the business has been open since 1956. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't realise you'd been here that yeah, long. that long. Yeah, yeah. Look, Amazing. Dad came out. Dad your came, dad. Yeah, Dad came out on his own. And, yeah. And this is a story I love telling Great. it's I'm, close I'm, to my heart because he came out on his own after having a thriving business back home in in uh, in Sicily. Right. We, uh, we How come, old was he, roughly? He, he was He was 40. Oh, okay. So he came over as an adult oh, yeah, with no yeah. family here. That's a bit no, like my family. Well, that's 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 uh, the story. The whole story is is that's the crux of it. We came from an island group, which is just up there, Jules. Um, right. Um, oh, looking at photos on the wall, I'm actually sitting in the shop with Tony now. Uh, well, we um, we come from an island group called the Aeolian Islands, and yes. specifically, Dad was from Lipari, yeah, and Mum was from Stromboli. Oh, I've heard of Stromboli. I hadn't heard of the and, other one. And uh, yeah, and uh, look, he had a thriving business pre-war. Yeah, post-war in Italy. So why come to Australia? Well, post-war, his business and uh, uh, the the way of life that they knew, and uh, and the prospects for the future to build a f- uh, family were just ripped away. So, so the thriving business was pre-war. Post-war yeah, 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 and it all. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't want to go too far down that route because I'm going to get you to tell me the whole story of your life since you were a little boy in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But let's just – we haven't actually said what the name of the story is, so tell everyone what it's what it's called. <laughs> I get too excited, Jules. Um, <laughs> it's T. Cavallaro and Son. And it's opposite Footscray Market on Barclay Street or Hopkins Street. Hopkins Street. Street. Yep. Hopkins Street. Yep. I didn't actually know where Hopkins Street and Barclay Street changed their well, name. Well, the, it changes at the Mall in Nicholson Street. Right. Barclay Street becomes Hopkins Street. And have you been working here all your life? I have been working here all of my life, uh, and and it's funnily enough, it wasn't what I intended doing. I intended doing something else, but then the opportunity came up to um, to, to take it on. To take it on. All right. So let's go back now. Okay. Before you share too much. <laughs> okay. So where? So talk to me about your dad a little bit more. So your mum and dad met over in Italy. Is that right? My my dad actually met my mother. Yeah. Because he was from Lipari. Yeah. And she was from Stromboli. Now we're talking. Um, two hours by hydrofoil. Okay, right. Back in those days, it was long swim. Half, <laughs> half, either that. Well, you can't. I don't think you could carry a cake on your back <laughs> because that's exactly how we met. Right. We met doing my auntie's uh, wedding from Lipari. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Walked in it. to deliver it, and well, he he did the catering. He did the pastry yeah. department for her wedding in Stromboli, which was. Probably half a day's uh, boat ride. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. The, Saw this gorgeous girl when he walked in the door and said, yeah, She's the one for me. It, that was it. Wow. So, uh, so yeah. let's go back to why did they decide to come to Australia? Was there, because I know the 10 pound poms idea, was there something similar in Italy? Look, I'm, 
I'm not really sure. Okay. I really couldn't tell you, but uh, but all I all I know is that uh, they up sticks. Well, look, there was a mass exodus from especially southern Europe in those uh, you know just post war. Yeah. Because I mean, it wasn't a place to, to build a family post war. Yeah. Was, um, you know, there's a thing about the South always being the impoverished part of Italy. Yeah. And uh, you know, like. So they yeah. came. A lot of them came here. Well, a lot of them came here, uh, either here to the US, to Canada. A lot went to Argentina. Right. So, I didn't yeah. know Argentina had a big yeah, Italian there was, community there was as well. Four or five places that, uh, that you could choose from, and Dad chose here. Right. Only so, only knowing one yeah. person. Right. In Australia. And who was that person? His brother-in-law. Right. So you know, you can just imagine Jules uprooting yourself. Leaving behind oh. your, all your belongings and your, fa- your your wife and your children. Your oh, he came. So when he came on, on his own, he was yeah, married. Oh, and how many how many of you kids are there? All the other ones, apart from me. There was four <laughs> four children. I'm, right. the, I'm the only Aussie, Aussie born. <laughs> yeah. So he okay. you know, he came on his own. The, and, you know, I mean, sometimes I put myself in uh, in his shoes, and it's pretty hard to do. Because oh yeah, my, I, I, my father did it at thirty six, and we have no family in Australia. But I would say to you, because I look at my mum and dad, and the fact that with four kids we now have thirty of us, yeah. and go oh, happy okay. your Christmases now. Yeah. If he was the only one that arrived, how many are, are they big now? Lots of family. Uh, well, there's five children. We all have uh, your own kids. Our own kids. I'm not still fortunate enough to have any grandchildren, but my other siblings do. Right. So I think when we get together, we're 30, 50, 60 I mean, I just look at it from my parents. So we moved here in 1978 and go, how did two people end up making 30 people? And look at your your parents as well. So what did they do when they came here? Where where do you fit into the picture? Well, Dad was here on his own for probably 15, 16 months. It's you can't even imagine that. No, now, look, can I can't you? imagine it because uh, it's it, you know I try to put myself in that I know, situation. The separation and, uh, would be appalling. Yeah, and and you know apart from apart from leaving all your belongings and your family behind, you're leaving your language behind. I too. was going to say language. He had absolutely too. no idea of any English. Right. So, but he look, he found that you know like. There's always, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that somebody upstairs always looks after you. Yeah, and, lovely. Uh, and uh, and Dad was looked after when he came here. He, I mean, imagine coming to somewhere where you you've got nothing, you haven't got a family, you you don't have a home, and you haven't got a job, and you haven't got and you can't speak the language, and yeah, you don't even know where to start. Yeah, but anyway, he found this uh, this this lovely uh, family. Yeah. That had a pastry shop up the road. Oh, and wow. uh, and yeah, he worked for them for a long while. Right. Even though they were Italian background, yeah, they spoke no Italian. He spoke right. no English, and yet they were like brothers. They they Isn't loved it? they loved the, each other to death until the the moment that they passed away. So, oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. So and uh, and look, a few years down the track in 1956, um, he had the opportunity to buy this building and. Um, that's where it all began. God, 1956 in Footscray probably cost him about $300 or something, didn't um, it? You probably uh, know the price, it, do you? It, it, was, it, was in, it was pounds, of course. Yeah. So 3,000 pounds, wow. so I think, uh, was, was what it was Isn't back that then. that incredible? But okay, naturally, so that was a lot of money in those days. Yeah. 
So you come along as the fifth child after your mum has come back to Australia. I bet you were part of the celebrations. <laughs> uh, but it took me a few years' practice because I was born in 55. They were they, they right. got together in probably 52, 50, late 51. And when did so when did he move to Australia? 49. Right, okay. All right, so um, talk to me about you. So did you, you grew up in this area. What was it like then? Well, my, my first footsteps were basically where we're sitting because <laughs> uh, we used to own the shop next door. Right. And, uh, always and, always pastry? Yeah, cannolis. yeah, yeah. Always, always the same. Nothing's changed. Right. And, um, and, you know, my first footsteps were here. We used to live here. We used to. Oh, live used upstairs? To, well, we haven't got upstairs, but we used to live at the back of the premises back. next door. Right. Um, so. So where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to school uh, across the road from where my son now lives and comes to work here. So he's doing what I used to be doing 60 years ago in reverse. Isn't that amazing? I used to walk from here to school at St. Monica's. Right. Um, just then, just before the river in uh, Whitehall, Whitehall Street. and uh, uh, Which Hopkins. is now Footscray Primary. Is that the one? No, no, no. Oh, where is it? No, St. Monica's, the church. The church, there's a, oh, there's a, school, right. there's a school behind and it backs on to uh, uh, Moreland Street. Right. So he, um, I, I used to walk from here to there. Now my son walks from there to here. Right. Isn't this beautiful? <laughs> Serendipity. Life in reverse. Yes. Yeah. So um, were you good at school? Did you like school? Look, I did. Uh, I didn't think I was any good at it. Um, I was okay. Was your dad keen for you to get an education? Was that part of his thing or not Not particularly? Look, it, it may have been, Jules, but you see, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, a, I'm in a position where I was, I was sort of born yeah. when he was already at an elderly age. Oh, right? yes, of course. So, I'm not thinking about the fact that he's so, 50. So, yeah, so I, um, by the time I was a teenager, he'd already started getting uh, Alzheimer's. Right. So I, I never really knew my dad at his best. Right. And were you but close to your mum then? I, I was close to both of them. Right. I mean, I was daddy's little boy. Oh. You know, you can you, can you imagine after a, a lifetime of, uh, you know. Hardship it, and everything. Yeah, and, uh, and going through a war, having four children and leaving them behind and then having this little one. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I bet you were spoiled rotten. I, I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was the lucky one. Look, the you know, we... We always talk about the hardships of those times and uh, what we went through and the early years of our business, but I don't—I I know nothing of that. I, right. I was—I was—I was spoiled. I was the lucky one. You came into a booming business, is all you can remember. Yep. So you talked earlier about the fact that you didn't think that you wanted to work in the business. What did you think you wanted to do? Well, look. <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough, I—I I, I did a year of architecture. Oh, right. Yeah, at RMIT. And, yeah. Um, and. Uh, Took me a year to work out that uh, uh, the physics was a bit above and beyond me. So uh, I was okay at the drawing part, but uh, yeah, I, I found out that architecture wasn't for me. Right. And, and did, we, I, did you look at anything else? That, well, then I did a business course. Okay. Uh, for, Smart. Yeah, for a couple of years. I didn't finish it. Yeah. But look, you know, nothing's. Um, uh, I believe that whatever education you have, even the architecture, Absolutely. Right. The drawing part uh, helped me uh, in uh, my decorating. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you did the architecture, 
didn't like it, then went on and did two years of business. Did you come out thinking I'm going to get help dad in the shop or, or what was the? No. No, right. no, not at all. But then the opportunity came to. Um, what happened? Well, we, uh, my my brother was here and my brother-in-law was here. Yeah. But they decided to uh, to go elsewhere. Okay. They, they wanted to pursue other, other things. My brother-in-law was originally from Geelong, so he always wanted to open up in Geelong and that's what he did. Right. Is there, um, a, tea, is there a Cavaliero and Sons down in Geelong as well? well? No, not there. No, but he retired years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but he had uh, no, he had his own shop there, and right. he did really well. So, but then uh, you know we, and it's and it's happened uh, quite a few times down the track. I mean, anybody that tells you that you've opera, you're operating a sixty five year business, and and, <laughs> and the and the graph just goes shoots up straight up, they're uh, they're, they're lying. They're they're they're. In a nice well, I, way. <laughs> yeah, I could say another word, but no, I won't. But no. It, but it's true of any it, business. It doesn't it, matter if it's it, three years or 65. It, it, but. Do, it does not happen that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's been a few instances well, along talk, the line. Can you talk to me about some of those? I mean, if you're up for sharing them, because I think this is for small business owners and I guess one of the things is showcasing what you do but also what you've learned along the way that might help someone else. And all of us have had times i mean i've had my own businesses for about 20 years as well where you go shit i don't even know how i'm going to get out of this yeah. and then and then something happens and you kind of go well in my case a couple of times it's been i'm kind of glad it did happen because it sent me in a different direction look a lot of a a, a light bulb moment you yeah know, you, so tell you, me about some of yours well look there was a stage where footscray wasn't performing as well as it should yeah right uh, we were going through the doldrums not like now now Are we talking now, like the 80s we're talking Late 80s, not mid-90s. When it became a bit druggy and well, before it started getting all yuppie-ish. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I don't want to put it that way because a lot of a lot of suburbs go through those phases. I, they absolutely and, do. Uh, and it's just a, a question of how they come out of it. And mm-hmm. we've come out of it. Really well. Really well. And, um, yeah. Look, but what did you do when all of that was going on? Did you think about closing? You, look, Jules, you know, when, when, you, when you're operating, uh, you know, I mean, I own this business. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, the one that's bringing whole, you know, bringing it forward with my family. Yeah, but I don't look at it that way. I look at it. I look at it myself as a custodian for what my parents uh, oh, started back there, back then. Their legacy, and that's the way I look at it. And to be to to close up that sort of a business, <laughs> you just couldn't. You, 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 you know, you think about it for a split second, and then and then it's. So no. what other what other options am I going to go yeah. with? So, so look, you know, and and uh, we 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 decided. My my brother's just recently retired, right? So I was okay. with my brother until you know only a few months. Oh, ago. the two of you were here. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and my sister in law. Yeah, and uh, I love and it. and you know, I mean, he was always. I mean, he started this place. Right. This place wouldn't exist without him. So, right. um, you know, and I was the one that wanted to move out. I thought I. I I, I was disillusioned at the time with Footscray, with business, the way it was going, and uh, and I wanted to move out. And um, and sometimes you make decisions with your heart that you should. Your intuition and your gut you told you to stay. You should make decisions, <laughs> business decisions with your head. I'm so glad that you didn't. But know. but sometimes your heart leads you in the right direction. Yeah. And for us, it always has. Um, you know, like mum passed away. Yeah. Um, in 2004. And there again, it was, do we continue? Do we buy the premises off the rest of the family? 
do we uh, pack up and go elsewhere? And we decided to stay. Oh, I love it. So yeah. talk to me a little bit before you go on about meeting your gorgeous wife who works in here with you as well. So when did that happen? Well, And did she always work in the business with you? Well, uh, yes and no. <laughs> so uh, I asked too many questions. <laughs> well, y- yes, but because, yeah, she started working here when she was 21. Right. Were um, you together at that stage or was she no, just the new no, shop assistant no, that you thought no, was very nice? It, it turned out that my sister-in-law was, uh, was working here. Right. My now sister-in-law. <laughs> right. And then she got married, had a family, and, uh, and she came along and said, um, look, you know, I'm leaving because I've having a baby, but my sister-in-law's uh, not working at the moment. Do you want to give her a go? Right. And that was when the, that was when it all began for us. Right. So you two have been working in here for that whole time. Yep. And, um, and what are the highs? So we just talked about one of the things that can really affect you, and we know that, it, you know, the line for business is like a squiggly little line. Yeah. Um, have you had anything, anything amazing happen that you've just been delighted that changed things for the better? Um, well, you know how I was discussing with you before that uh, Dad came out here post-war with uh, basically a, mm-hmm. a bag, right, and um, and not knowing what he was doing, where he was going, where it was all going to lead to. Now, I mean, can you can you just imagine the consequences of coming out here, right? You buy yourself a one-way ticket. What happens if you don't get? Oh, it, it just it beggars right. belief, really, how brave you, it is. You, you know, I mean, you haven't got enough money to go back home. You haven't got enough money to bring your children out. So imagine 65 years down the track being invited to government house for a function involving businesses in the West. So, oh, that's you know, amazing. So, so if I had, a, you know, if my father had have envisaged back in 1949 that's 65 years down the track, he'd be uh, at government. At government house his, his, with the his, pro- yeah, his, amazing. his business would be involved in a function at government house. Now, it, and that's when when I got an invitation, when I got the invitation, it was uh, it was it was really tearful for me and uh, and emotional because because that's the first thing I thought. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dad comes here, not knowing where he's going, and look where we are now. And, um, Incredible. And yeah, and uh, and the funny thing was that I got the invitation. I got an invitation through the mail, but I already knew I was going to get it because I was asked um, if Mr. and Mrs. Tommaso and Serena Camalado would be interested to attend a function at Government House. Now that already passed away by a long way, right? But the person who was asking me didn't know that, right? So, <laughs> oh, I love this. So yeah, so I went with my brother, and uh, and and it was very very emotional. That's uh, that is just such fantastic recognition. Well done. I mean, that's just brilliant. Thank yeah. thank you for sharing that. I love hearing about <laughs> okay. the highs and the lows. Yeah, that's amazing. So um, and I just want to say for anyone listening that the fridge has just kicked in a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I should have switched it off. No 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 no. As long as we heard that in the background. So you've been working in this area for so long. Can you talk to me about some of your favourite spots? Um, <laughs> I know it's going to be a hard one because they're probably look, most of the street. Yeah, look, I I really don't have any because I, I do frequent some of them. Yeah, but not 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 really because right. when you're working here and you're working six days a week, 
when when it hits a certain time, you don't want to hang around. You no, want to fair get, enough. You want to get you want to get home. Yep, fair enough. So, but uh, the guy next door, Miss Sue, yes, he's, he's he makes some incredible food. Yes, there's um there's a very passionate Frenchman up the road, which I heard is half Italian, <laughs> Stefan from uh, the small French bar. Right. Um, he makes he makes incredible food. I've heard amazing things about him. Yeah. Actually, um, you know, I mean. Look, these little niche bars like uh, Little Foot. Um, I know, and you know, Sloth. The, and yeah, um, you know, the, the Spice Girls up the road. The, the, the Slice Girls, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. I'll have to go looking for it just for the name. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's in uh, just opposite where I went to school. Right, St Monica's. But a lot of places like that, Mr West in the in the Mall. Yeah, there's been some amazing there's, places uh, open in the there's, last two years. A good friend of mine just opened up. Uh, oh, well, he's been there a couple of years now. That pride of our uh, pride, pride, of of, pride of our Footscray, uh, Matt and the crew there. I mean, look, they 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 do great work, and I'm and the beautiful the beautiful thing about Footscray is that the people that have come here are really passionate about yeah. the place, and they're really passionate about what they do. Um, so yeah, look, it's a great place to work. Yeah, I think it is a fantastic place to work and to live. Love all yeah. of this. So um, I just have to ask you because one guy I interviewed who was half our age um, a couple of weeks ago was saying that he'd grown up in Kingsville and I said to him, you know, how have things changed? And he said, when I was a little boy, there were no kids. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, I used to go knock on people's doors to say, you know, will you come and play football? Is there anyone that would come and have a kick on the street with me? What? How has it changed in the time that you've known it? I know it's a long time, but have you got sort of, do you have memories of you as a little kid? Were there lots of other kids around? Were there lots of other Italian kids? Well, when you when you say he's half our age, uh, <laughs> that's where that's where the difference is. Because when I uh, when I grew up here, yeah, um, this strip was full of, um, and it wasn't even. A lot of people say, "Oh, it was full of Italians." Well, it, it was, but but it wasn't only Italians. It was it was Greeks, it was Poles, it was Yugoslavs, uh, Romanians. But we all had that. We all, all European, though. Well, yes, but and that's it. That's exactly it. We all had that common bond where we were sort of uh, first generation. Most of you, well, probably. we were coming from a place that had been ravaged by war, right? Right, and and years down the track, nothing's changed. The Vietnamese came out here for exactly the same yes. reasons. The Africans came out here for exactly the same reasons. Yeah. So that's what I love about Footscray. It's 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 a place where. Um, Families have been built on, right? And, and there was lots of children when I there I, were. I was growing up here. Yes, there, there was a lovely Greek uh, guy that uh, used to live um, uh, that used to have the milk bar just on the corner here. Right. And uh, and I only found out a few years ago that he came from an island that uh, my son spent a month on uh, quite a few years ago. Amazing, isn't yeah. that great? Yeah. So you know, it's these little, it's these little things that sort of bring you back here and make you. I mean, it's such you, a beautiful area, it really is. And I guess for anyone who was thinking about starting a small business here, I'd just say go for it. Um, big time. Yeah. And uh, and and I mean, you know, Footscray is just uh, it's it. Look, it's known as the food capital of Melbourne, and uh, and I'm sure you can see why. You know, there's so much. To offer uh, as far as Asian foods, there's there's these little bars like Littlefoot and uh, Slice Girls who who are uh, you know they're bars but they they offer great food and uh, you know and uh, you know you got French food you got uh, Italian 
African. I mean, you know, there's, there's I know, quite, quite a few African restaurants. Um, and, uh, yeah, so look. I totally agree. Recently I was up on the Gold Coast and it was only when I was sitting in a bar and somebody said, um, someone was talking about Melbourne and how great Queensland is, and they said, and you've got all those sort of people from different countries down there, and I suddenly looked around and went, oh, my God, there is nobody from anywhere other than white Anglo-Saxon background yeah. as I look around. And I yeah. think we are so lucky here that we have this melting pot that we get to experience all these different cultures we, and we, food. We, and- we are. We are. And, and if anybody's daunted by that, seeing these different cultures, well, we were one of them That's 65 right. years ago. Yeah, and yeah. look at it now. Best cannoli in, in <laughs> Melbourne, I hear. Well, you said that. I won't <laughs> I'm about that. to have the first, my first one, so I'm very much looking forward to it. Tony, um, this has just been such a great interview. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Is oh. there anything else that you'd like to share with everyone about the business or about the area? Oh, look, I, I can't sing high enough praises about the area because, I mean, look, you know, every suburb goes through its ups and downs, but when... I was born here. I don't live here now, but I've, there's never been a day that I haven't been in Footscray in because, because from living here to uh, to working here every day, and of course, one of the prerequisites is that you do have to support the Western Bulldogs. So, <laughs> so you you're know, so right. <laughs> so look, those those things when you're a child, they're hard to escape from. Now, could I could I support? A black and white team, or an or an orange team <laughs> that we won't even when, mention. When when my first memories are going to school and pulling on a red, white, and blue jumper and playing football, and wow. and, and you know and walking the streets of Footscray, you know, falling over when I was a child, you know, and, uh, amazing. They're the sort of things you don't forget, you know, like and and. So but, how happy were you maybe three or four years ago when everyone painted all their buildings red, white, and blue? And oh well, look, we were it, there in the final. Well, it was it was something special because it because it was something that uh, that I'd never envisaged, and I noticed Jules that you're <laughs> How only. How can you say that? <laughs> well, I didn't. For ages. I, I noticed that uh, that you're only missing a white microphone because you've got a red, <laughs> blue, and blue one, blue one. So I didn't uh, think look, that through. I need to get a white one as well now. <laughs> so you know, I um, it was special because I'd waited all my life. Yeah. for a premiership that I thought that I was never going to see because I'd never seen a grand final. I mean, they made a grand final in uh, – they won a premiership in 54. Right. We uh, made a grand final in 61, but I don't remember it. I was still a child. Uh, so I never thought I was going to see one. And then to actually get there and be emotional, not not at the final score, but at the beginning when the, the national anthem was being played, simply because I was there – and the special part was that I got to do something with my son, be at the football, something he'll waiting, remember forever, waiting my whole lifetime to see, and yet he was only thirty, <laughs> and uh, not quite thirty, and uh, and he was lucky to see a, a premiership. Yeah. You know? Well, no, and, no. Now, now, hang on a minute. And I don't even follow football that much, but I'd like to think this wasn't the last time. Hopefully, this is the beginning of us being there a lot now, or up at the top oh, of the ladder. Look, well, I would hope so. Last year was a little bit disappointing, but we won't talk about that. It's always about moving forward and seeing uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, well, I hope you get to see another one in the next five or ten years anyway. Well, I would hope so. But, uh, look, 2016 was just 
extraordinary. It's the, a, the vibe in the area, like I mean, I was in oh. Yarraville, and um, there were they painted the pub. The the pub that was white was painted red, with the blue red. and red stripes. The Sun Theatre put out the big screen, and we all watched it on the screen. There were just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on the street, yeah, and and there were because we saw it the whole week. The any time the Bulldogs were training, we'd see it, and on the Thursday, the last training session, yeah. Um, here it was like it was like uh, Flinders Street uh, at peak hour t- traffic. It was Amazing. just it was just people walking around in red, white, and blue scarves and uh, you know their their bulldog tops, and it was just beautiful to watch. You know because it's it's it was something that we'd never seen. Yeah. Well, as I said, hopefully it's not the last of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. As I said, I could talk to you for ages. So if there is anything else that you want to share, just tell me another story. Oh, look, uh, there's there's plenty to share, but uh, you probably <laughs> wouldn't have enough space on the uh, on the on the podcast. <laughs> but no, nah, look, I, I just love it. It's great, and uh, and and thankfully, the, a lot of the people here do too. You know, I mean, some of these Vietnamese restaurants, and and we felt it during. Um, during COVID. Yeah, talk to me about the COVID, the pandemic. How did you how did you go through that? Look, we survived really well. but the Because everybody came to buy cannolis from you? Well, well, yeah. I mean, we were lucky enough to be one of the people that, one of the places that were able to be open. Yes. But a lot of the restaurants weren't as fortunate. No. Now, we saw, we saw during that time how much we're reliant on each other, right? Because, right. because the restaurants were closed, we were quiet. Because there wasn't that foot traffic. Foot traffic there wasn't yeah. the people that going to a restaurant and then coming to have a coffee and a cannoli. And vice versa. We bring business to yeah, them. Right. So, so, you know, so what did you do? Did you have people picking um, – was it Uber Eats picking up your food or did people come and no, grab it from no, you? People were coming to grab it, yeah. But, look, the beauty of it was the time, uh, you know, like people would uh, – look, we, we saw a lot of good in that time yeah. because because – you know, if people were normally coming to pick up 12 cannoli, they were still coming to pick up 12 cannoli in four boxes and bringing them to their neighbour, their yes. sister, their parents. It was beautiful, the community it, spirit. It, it was, yeah. And, um, and you know, it was, it was heartening. And, and, and we, can't, we can't thank uh, our, our, our loyal customers enough because these are the people that pull, pull you through, you know. They're... So how would we talk to me about the, let's say, March 2020 when they first said we were all going to be locked down? Did your heart just sink? Well, or did you always we, think you'd be able to stay open? Well, no, I thought that we were going to have to close down. But it, as it turned out, that we we were classed as an essential business. <laughs> so I love that. Well, weird thing, yeah, that I mean, the strangest people well, were considered essential. Well, I, I look, I, I challenge you to go to Sicily and tell people there <laughs> the that cannoli. the cannoli aren't essential. So. No, and I have a very good friend called the Prosecco Queen, and she was delivering Prosecco <laughs> as well, and, and as an essential service. And another friend who's a beer rep, and I was like, of yeah. course, you so, are all essential yeah. services. So look, that that time really. It, it was it was really difficult. It was it, not only difficult as far as business goes, but as far as people's mindset goes. Yeah. I mean, we saw the worst of it because people were coming in here, and, and you could tell that they just weren't yeah their lively selves. And uh, no, no, there were a lot of people who I think I, I described it as spiraling, but they were literally thinking that their business, their whole business of thirty years, uh, might be going down the gurgler yeah, in but, those early yeah, days. Yeah, but unfortunately, some of them did. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean. That's the sad part that you look at our uh, you look at our Instagram feed and it's full of uh, uh, hospitality businesses, and a lot of them didn't pull through. No. Yeah, you know, and it's just sad. It's sad because 
you, you, you're starting something. You, these are really skilled, passionate people mm. who just pre-pandemic thought, you know, let's take a punt. Footscray's booming or whatever, any place is booming. Let's, let's go for it. And then through no fault of their own. I know, had the rug know, pulled out from under me. Yeah, and it's just... It's With just, no compensation, really. It's, it's just about that. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, for a long time. But it's, um, yeah, it was, it was very tough. But luckily, like I said, somebody upstairs is always there to look after you. Well, there's you something and, to be said about running a business for 65 years, I imagine, that yeah, well, you kind of know what you're in for and where your costs are and where you might be able to cut down. But I'm so glad that you survived. And that you're here because this is just beautiful. And for and you, I really would encourage anyone to come in here because it is like a little 50s shop. I'm just looking at all the little <laughs> lolly jars on the counter as well and your very famous cannolis, which I'm about to have one of. And enjoy it. Thanks so much, Tony. Pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this interview. You can find all our guests on the Maribyrnong Localised website, which is a free resource where you can share your business and what you do. I hope to see you on there.